Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 92. Hello, and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake. Here with me, as always, is Sandy McKay. Hey, how's it going? Awesome. Yourself? Oh, it's it's great. It's summertime here. I'm loving it. I got shorts and a t-shirt on, unlike our guest. <laughs> I know, same here. Whoa, it's it's really summer for once. It's awesome. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I've been just sick of the weather here, and uh, so now I'm I'm pretty stoked. My my uh, my happy uh, you know my 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 happy uh, attitude is coming back. Yeah, perfect. It's been gone for a while. I've been walking around like Oscar the Grouch or something. Always uh, weather. eh? There's always something to blame in Canada. It's always the weather's fault. Yeah. Yeah. We make our own, I guess, but uh, that's okay. Um, So how are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. I think uh, we always, uh, before we get into it, let's let's remind our listeners to check out our website, breakthroughrapodcast.ca. Go over and grab our free report there. They can pick up uh, by joining our email list, uh, The Ultimate Strategy for Building Wealth Through Real Estate. They'll get a, a copy of that. And they'll get on uh, our, our newsletter so they see all the episodes as they come out. They'll get all of the updates on, uh, on your property tours, on our, our events and whatnot. And I uh, would love to see them come out. So get on those lists so you don't miss out on any of that, any of that fun stuff. And uh, hopefully we see some more people out at some of our, our live stuff. That's breakthroughrapodcast.ca. And as well, please, everybody, everyone, go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Uh, they're really, really helpful, and we do appreciate everyone that's done that. I'm not going to dwell on it because you hear me say that over and over and over again every single time at the beginning of the show here, but go on over to iTunes, please, and just leave us a review. Uh, let's get into our interview. No point in delaying. Absolutely. Let's do it. He's, he's chilly out there, too. He's in the... In the heart of winter, I suppose. It's not really, it doesn't look like winter there, but uh, it's apparently winter, 17 degrees. Well, I guess it's Patrick cool Bush, here in Cape Town. That's what <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. Sorry. No problem. Our guest, Patrick Burchartz, is here with us from uh, live from Cape Town. Anyone watching the video will see uh, Table Mountain behind him there. It looks pretty awesome. But uh, Patrick is a full-time pilot and an investor with an impressive portfolio, a mix of duplexes, student rentals, single-family homes. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, Cape Town, the Table Mountain behind me. And it is uh, 17 degrees, windy. Uh, Most people out on the street are 
wearing thick jackets. I have my jacket on as well, just to stay cool or stay warm. And um, yeah, good. It's good to be here. It's a nice view in behind. Yeah, beautiful view. That's uh, a lot of people take the cable car to the top or they walk to the top. That's quite a hike. And uh, beautiful views of the city, quite iconic. And uh, yeah, that's, although, you know, six months from now, it's really hot and nice and sunny, but this is okay too. <laughs> Cape Town has a lot to offer. It's a beautiful city. Are you there for business or pleasure right now? Well, you know, uh, it is business. I'm here on a layover. It's 48 hours, but you do have, we do have lots of time to do all sorts of things. So uh, yesterday I uh, was exploring the city. We went out for dinner. We have a nice steak and uh, yeah, it's all good. Some people, uh, they rent a car and they drive up along the coast. Um, you can go kite surfing uh, or some people even go uh, diving into a shark tank and, and watch the sharks underwater. It's uh, some crazy stuff, yeah. So we've never talked about this, but I, I don't know if you've kept track of it either, but as a pilot, how many, uh, I don't want to say how many different, let's talk about countries maybe. How many different countries do you think you've been to? Oh uh, boy, I'd probably say, I'm going to say something like 30 different countries. Yeah. Uh, you know, small flights. So we're flying to South America, Africa, Asia, uh, Japan, It's and it's it varies. So... You know, one day I could be in Tokyo and the next in Buenos Aires. Um, so we're all over the place. North America, fly to Toronto sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. It's fun. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Do you usually get some time to, to see the sites or, or like most of the time you're there for a few days, wherever you're going? Sure, sure. So my last flight... Uh, I was on reserve, and then I got called out for a seven-day Buenos Aires. So I went down to Buenos Aires. Uh, we departed on a Sunday, arrived on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I was off, and so we explored the city. At uh, Thursday, we did the shuttle. Uh, we, uh, so we'll receive the aircraft as it arrives from Amsterdam and Buenos Aires. And then we'll do a shuttle to Santiago and back to Buenos Aires that day. And then we're off again. And then Friday night, we or Friday afternoon, we departed back for Amsterdam, arriving uh, mid-morning back into Amsterdam. You know, it's almost... So that was a second. I believe it's almost fair to say uh, that you basically are on permanent vacation with uh, like, you know, a couple hours of work time in between. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of free time and, and you know what, that's where real estate had fi has filled in that time, whether I'm at home, because here's the other thing too, is that when I come back from a flight like that, uh, seven day Buenos Aires, I had seven days off. And when you got back, when I, okay. when I yeah, when I when I uh, leave the aircraft and I go home, it's it's not like I have to prepare for a presentation or worry about emails. You know, I have to be prepared for every flight. Well, we do that just before the flight, and there's simulators sessions that we do throughout the year. But beyond that, 
when I go home, I am totally focused on the family and whatever I want to do because that's my time off. And then when I do fly to a destination, you know, that, uh, that Tuesday and Wednesday, I can go and see things in the city. But I also did some stuff for the real estate, you know, using Skype, call, calling up, just like right, what we're doing right now. Uh, Technology is a wonderful thing, and we can connect anywhere in the world. And where is home? We never mentioned that yet. Yeah, so I live in downtown Toronto. And so uh, after my flight, then I catch a flight to Toronto. I get home and, and that's... Uh, okay, great. So let's back it up and we'll start at the beginning. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate investing. So uh, about 20 years ago, I bought a <clears throat> condo downtown waterfront. It was the first property I bought. And... Um, you know, it, it enjoyed that, that location. And at the same time, I started reading books uh, by Don Campbell. And I remember Robert Allen's uh, No Money Down, which was an interesting read. I don't know if a lot of that stuff really applies to, and it was an American uh, author, a book. But anyways, then we, uh, we bought a house in the beaches and decided to keep the condo. The house in the beaches was a, uh, we, we bought it uh, with a side entrance with the idea that we were going to have a basement apartment. And that's what we did. And, it, you know, it's funny if I reflect back and think of the things that I did then and what we do now. I mean, I, you know, you take, you take action and you do things, but you know, there were mistakes some along the way, but, and then other things were just really lucky. Like I, that condo, the initial condo we had, I remember, um, rent, it had a beautiful, it was on the 23rd floor, it had a beautiful view of Toronto Island. And, um, you know, I, uh, we would, we posted an ad and, and said on at this and this time, people showed up, we accepted applications, we picked the best one. And that was that I thought, Oh, this, this is pretty easy. And, uh, Meanwhile, that was, I think that was pretty lucky. It's not always like that. No, I was going to say, I thought that, I thought that story was going to go something like, yeah, we, we thought it was pretty easy, but uh, then once we had the tenant in there, we realized that maybe it wasn't so easy. Yeah, that tenant was like a mouse, easy peasy, but, you know, that was, so, you know, when you have something like that, you think, oh, this stuff is, is really easy. I, you know, let's do some more of these. Anyways, we had the basement apartment um, and then, you know, then we ran into some things like the contractor that we had was lousy and it took almost three times as long to get it all up and running. But we got that done, um, you know, non-conforming. There was no fire separation or anything like that. I, you know, if I, what I know now and back then. It just, you know, we did what we did and it worked out. Um, and took that space back because we, we had our, first, uh, we had our son and, uh, we wanted this, the rest of the space. Uh, and then we, uh, we sold, we sold that property and we sold the condo to purchase our present home in, that it, it's now at Midtown Toronto. Um, and then, you know, I still had that that uh, 
I still felt that real estate was a good thing. So we bought a condo right at Yorkville, held that for five years, and then we sold it based on advice from uh, fellow uh, friends and investors. And, you know, that was also a learning experience where I really regret selling that property. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's done well over the years and that whole area. And uh, it, just, it just showed me that, you know, sometimes when you take people's advice, you, you have to see who you're listening to and, and get advice from the right people as opposed to people that, um, you know, think they know what they're talking about. Really, they don't. Everybody's got an opinion. And so that was a learning experience for me. And uh, so then in about 2012, we decided to uh, go full in with real estate because it's always been um, it's always been the best investment for us. And since that time, uh, we've acquired uh, properties in in Hamilton, Oshawa, Peterborough, and it's they've done quite well. And very happy with that. And um, you know, if I compare to other investments that we have, like uh, stocks and bonds and such i i uh i just think that this was a better way to go so 2012 you decided to jump right in like you said and since then uh how many how many properties have you acquired so now we have 13 properties uh it's about uh, 25 doors uh we use full property management I need to do that because I never wanted uh, Lisa to ever be involved with the management. I don't want her to answer phone calls or things like that. And I'm also sometimes inaccessible and on the other side of the world. So full property management and uh, that's worked out really well. And now I'm, I know because I know you, but uh, the answer to this question is pretty interesting. How many of those 13 properties, how many joint ventures do, do you have? Right now, it's only one joint venture. Yeah, and the rest are uh, fully 100% owned through yeah. uh, with my wife and I. That's fantastic, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but that's that's. I, I think that's pretty rare, you know, uh, as far as um, as people just starting out are more have to look towards joint ventures earlier than I think they used to even 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 five years ago but uh, financing financing is a big thing it's hard uh you know that's what i'm running against I, I can still get some financing there's a there's one bank that's willing to finance me but they they treat the property as a commercial and as a commercial property so they they look at the cash flow and depending on the cash flow and the value of the home they'll rent they'll only lend me so much so it might only be 75 or 70 percent or 65 uh loan to value mm -hmm. it's just like a cap rate because patrick all those 13 properties they're all residential financing correct there's no commercial uh no properties correct. in there correct yes yes and i i i thought of going commercial but i just i found that uh looking into it uh talking to um, 
other commercial players and, and mm-hmm. lenders, commercial lenders, that they just said there's so much, there's so much, well, two years ago at least, there was a lot of money sloshing around from a lot of people that didn't care about the cap rate. They just wanted to park their money. And if you're competing with those people, well, then they're happy to take it at a much higher price and it's, and, and, you know, then it is what it is. So I'm happy with the residential properties for now. I'll, I'll, I would gladly uh, uh, investigate again, commercial side of things, but right now this is working and uh, it's something that I know and it's easy to do. But let's talk about the types of properties you invest in then. So what, what kind of properties do you invest in and, and how do you find them? What kind of things do you look for? So, uh, you know, we're looking for, uh, we're looking for a certain, uh, an area certainly that will, uh, uh, will generate a certain amount of income or rental income. And so, uh, when we first started out, we would go to Hamilton on the mountain and buy a single family home and put a second suite in. And with those two rents coming in, uh, that would typically cover all the costs involved to to operate that home, being the mortgage, the property tax, and the insurance and property management as well. So, um, and then when you're looking at those homes, they have to be a certain design, or you know, there has to be a, a side entrance. The ceiling has to be a certain height um, because you you need to uh, conform to the bylaws of the of the the city because you want that certificate and at, at least that's how our properties I want to have that certificate and, and um, to have it as a conforming uh, property and that's t- typically and then we would uh, once we had everything in place we'd refinance get the money out again that we use to renovate and then move on to the next property so I think it's a more typical strategy now, but I'll just uh, explain what you were saying there is basically you're, you're buying a single family home and then you would put a full basement apartment in and there's certain areas where you can do that and also where uh, regulations make it so that it's, it's an easy enough thing and makes financial sense to, to go ahead and spend that kind of money to add a kitchen, possibly add a bathroom, had everything you need to have a separate uh, basement apartment and then have it in a spot where the city will allow you to register it as a legal dwelling unit. Correct. And, you know, sometimes you have to, so the other thing was important is that we're trying to do, we're trying to find a property so that we don't have any variances so that uh, we don't have to go to committee of adjustment because if, and certainly in Hamilton, for example, parking is always a real stick, sticky point. And so there's certain properties that will that work with the, the bylaws that are required and other ones that then it's, it's tricky. And to go to committee of adjustment, then the whole neighborhood shows up and that's a mm-hmm. hard sell. That's a hard sell. So, uh, so that's what you're looking for. Okay, good, good stuff. Um, how many of those places do you have where you've actually converted the, like put a basement apartment in where there wasn't one before? So there was two properties where they were existing, uh, a duplex or 
property with second suite. So that was an easier uh, property to acquire uh, and, and just to, uh, to set up. But the other ones we have, uh, it is 10 where eight we had to convert. So there were eight properties that we converted with a second suite to make it a, uh, a duplex or a house with second suite. So yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it take, takes time. There's effort involved, but once it's set up, that's, that's the beauty. Once you have, once you've gone through that process, you know, that home inside and out and, um, and you know, the, you, you've got that end goal in mind of, you know, what finishes you need, you know, what you need to do to get, uh, to get the right tenants and good tenants that'll pay uh, that higher amount of rent to cover your costs. So when you, when you put it all together, you create this new property with two great units in it and that they, that they pay all the costs and there's a little bit of cash flow at the end of the month. That's a great thing. That's a nice feeling. Uh, and, and then it just keeps going forward that way. It's a, um, then it's an easy property to manage too. You need, you need relatively easy because you do have some restrictions right on your time and everything. So I think that's, that's smart. You've set it up that way to make it somewhat simple. Um, so you have, uh, it sounds like you did a little bit of learning before you got in really to real estate, but definitely over time I've, I've learned a lot more. How much uh, effort or time did you put into actually learning this stuff before you took action or, or did you just jump in? And like you said, there was a bit of luck there maybe in the beginning, but, but you took action. So how much, how much learning did you take, take on before jumping in? You know, I, uh, I read some of these books by Don Campbell and there was a few others, but I don't think I spent too much time with that. It, and we, we just, it was only because we moved that we decided, Hey, you know what, let's keep this condo. So it was very, it was about the easiest scenario to kind of get your feet a little bit wet and to go into uh, real estate. But I, a firm believer is I would, if someone was to ask me what, you know, we're, we're thinking about, we'd like to get into it. I would say do maybe a, two or three months of learning, pick a date and that's it. And there, right after that, take action and move forward because learning is by doing. And, you know, you can, you, you'll always think you don't know enough and you'll always want to read more books and more books, but it's, it's just so true when you, when you, uh, you know, you dip your toes in the water and you move forward, uh, you know, the learning curve is steep, but you're going to, you're going to progress and you're going to learn that way, way better than just, uh, reading books. You know, that's problems, really good advice. Problems will come up. Problems For sure. Will always come up. But you haven't had any problems, have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always uh, problems. There's always issues. We'll talk about That's... those in a second then. But, uh, <laughs> but what I was going to say is that uh, I don't think we've heard that, that like not specifically that, uh, that idea that you just said was, you know what, if you're going to, if you're going to learn, set a date. And, and then hey, if you want to cram as much learning into that, uh, into that time that you've allowed yourself, do that. But, you know, if you found that uh, it, you, you can, and in that time, then you can choose to read one book or you can read 14 books. But whatever it is, after that date, take some action. I like that. 
And the other thing I would add to that is tell everybody. Tell everybody to, so you're accountable that you're stuck with that date and you can't, you, you know, you can't change it. Because everyone's going to say, yeah. oh, so, you know, that's, yeah. uh, that, you know, if you, if you keep it to yourself, it's easy to say, well, I'm going to go uh, another month. But if you tell your friends, your wife, everybody, well, then you're stuck with that date and it'll keep you honest. And you're also going to attract answers to things that you might have questions about. People are going to probably come to you with, with answers, right? Because you're, uh, you're putting it out there. It's like the people I've seen, a lot of people put their um, a picture of them on a scale, maybe on, on Facebook or something. And they say, I'm, I'm committed to hitting this weight goal by this time. And, and all of a sudden you're way more accountable, right? You've put it out there to the world and um, yeah. better chance it's going to come to reality, right? Yeah. And the only thing I would add though with that is that make sure you tell the right people tell fellow investors, tell people that understand. Because if you're going to tell people that know nothing about real estate, they're going to go, you're crazy. Oh, it's all going to go to hell in, the, in a handbasket in the next month or two. And you're, they're going to talk you out of it. So mm-hmm. you want to have those, you know, you want to tell Sandy and Rob about your date. <laughs> you know, and they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll keep you honest. They'll say, yeah, yeah, let's go take action. Let's go. So, Patrick, how yeah. many more properties are you buying this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question, Rob. I don't know. Let's uh, look. You know, uh, to, uh, I go on holidays tomorrow, and I will be uh, traveling, but I will certainly be looking. And I, I'm hoping that when I come back from the vacation, that uh, there might be a closing date. I see probably two maybe three properties between now and the end of the year. That's, uh, that w- that's probably a realistic goal. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, so that's to answer your question. <laughs> no, that's ambitious. I have to say, I like it. So why don't we get into some of these, these challenges then? Rob's gonna, we're, we got the accountability on there now, so we got that figured out. <laughs> <laughs> Where it doesn't matter if you're in Buenos Aires, Bangkok, whatever, you're getting, you're going to be held to that. Um, what, what are some challenges you, know, you face then? Or if you well, want to you know, t- I just wanted to to step in there for a second with Rob. Like what sometimes we do too is that, you know, with me traveling and especially now, um, uh, you know, I'm going to be on the other side of the world and, and this and that for vacation, but Rob can go to a property or anybody for that matter and videotape. And we can make a decision based on that videotape uh, and a walkthrough. And, you know, then I can, I can have the contractor go through as well uh, to, to, you know, get another opinion or the property manager to go through it. And then with that, we can make a decision, say, yeah, you know what, this is a good property. Let's go ahead and, and um, get it under contract. Yeah, and that's great, and that works for you, and I think that that, uh, there's something to be said for that. But also, at the same time, something like that could be a recipe for disaster if you've got like a first-time, someone who doesn't know what they're looking for, let's say. Pair them with an agent who has no idea what they should be getting themselves into, and, you know, that can go south pretty quickly. So there are a couple of important things to think about if people are in the same situation as Patrick, maybe – at the very, like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that you need to know, I guess, in order to do it that way. So, you know, just. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
No, that's true. That's absolutely true. I wouldn't do that, certainly starting out. And you yeah. want to go into the property and feel it. And, and you're probably going to see many properties. Sometimes uh, you'll go out and you'll look at the property for only two minutes because you, you realize, oh, there's no side entrance. They said there was, but there wasn't. Let's go. Let's go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, sorry, Sandy, the problems, what was that? The problems I've encountered. Yeah, no, that was some great advice there. Yeah. I, I, I think everyone can do that, um, in time, right. But you need to know your, know your property type, know your numbers, know everything really clearly and have everyone on your team knowing it all clearly before you can take that leap. And whether you're across the world or just, uh, you know, a two hour drive away, that can be really convenient. Um, yeah, why don't we get into some of the challenges that they faced, whether relating to that or relating to anything. Um, obviously, you know, you laughed a bit earlier when we talked about the, the, the very few challenges you had, but I'm sure there's some in there. <laughs> what, what, what have been uh, some of the main ones over the, over the years? Well, you know, something that comes to mind right off the bat is that um, when you get into real estate, there will always be issues. There will always be problems but they're always solvable. So if you have that mindset already, it's that, okay, I'm going to get a problem because whether it's, whether it's the property, whether it's insurance, whether it's uh, financing, there's, there's always these hiccups and, you know, to go for months and months on end with nothing, well, then you're doing pretty good. I guess, I guess the less properties you have, the less the odds are maybe that the numbers are lower, but, You'll always, um, there's always problems, but they're always solvable. So I just want to, I just, I want to say that right off the bat, because uh, I think, I think some people, they're, they're involved with the real estate, but they get worn down by constant issues. And, but, you know, if you can see through them and, and, and look at that end goal in mind, uh, it's worth it. And, um, but having said that, you know, you have the best intentions and sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know, with uh, uh, whether it is, um, you know, renovations. You can have a cost in mind and say, okay, and then you've talked to your contractor and it is going to be X amount and it goes way over budget. And why did that happen? Well, sometimes we discover things along the way or, uh, you know, that, that contractor could be working on a second site already and the, the job has now started to slow down and it's chewing up time. And now the, the, the you know, that delays getting tenants in there to help pay for the bill. So, uh, I've had that in the past, um, you know, uh, you get a phone call and there's, there's a leaky roof or there's a. Or what's nice is that the shower leaks, but it's going through uh, the floor into the next unit. And so now there's leaking in the next unit. And so you have to go in there and, and repair, um, managing two tenants that are, you know, annoyed. Um, so those are some of the challenges that you can have. Uh, but, you know, you got to, you work through them. That's, that's, uh, just, I think if you if you feel if you um, if you anticipate it, it's not so bad. But you know, Saturday or it could be a Sunday afternoon, and you're having dinner with the family, and there goes the phone, or there goes an email, and it's like, uh, 
the leaky toilet. Oh, I think I've gotten calls on Christmas Day at least twice, at least twice on Christmas Day with, you know, probably, I believe it was leaks. Um, but you know what, you just, you just actually sort of summed up perfectly what, you know, like you were saying that if you talk to different people, you'll, you'll always run into those people that go, oh my gosh, I wouldn't do that. Like, what are you thinking of getting into real estate, this and that? They're probably going to bring up just about every one of those things that you said as a, as a possible challenge. But those are, those are things that, like you said, if you expect it, anticipate it because it's inevitable, you'll find a way around it. I mean, if, if there's a leaky pipe, you call a plumber. They come in, they fix it. That's how it goes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But that being said, let's just dig a little bit deeper into the challenges. There's got to be, like, uh, we're, we want to hear that one thing, that one thing that, you know, when you first heard it, it was disastrous, and then you found a way around. Uh, uh, well, there was uh, uh, recently with a student rental, um, the tenants were uh, in the property and, uh, it was reading week. So, uh, there were, sorry, there were two, two students left for that weekend and they decided to go out that night. They had a big night and they come back. Well, apparently they had two friends that were with them earlier that evening. And the story was they forgot their bag in the unit well they came back and they were they became quite aggressive and they start they tried to break into the into the uh to the house and they they broke the glass they smashed the door in uh they had the the the, the two students called the police and um the two boys took off uh but they found out who they were and you know then it was to solve that um, the property manager contacted the parents and uh, were in contact with the police and also could contact those two boys that damaged or young men that damaged the door and the window and whatnot. And so in the end, we did get that money back, but when you, for the repairs and they paid for everything. So, but initially when that happens, you're like, Whoa, what is this? Uh, but that's, you know, that, that, uh, that got solved and was repaired. Um, another story, uh, there was a property that we, we acquired that had tenants in it already. And, um, you know, really I find it, uh, better to acquire the property, especially uh, uh, and, and find your own tenants because then you know what you're going to get when you get, when you inherit tenants, you really don't know what you have. And so, uh, they, it was a couple that was uh, in the, um, the upper unit and they, um, they were always late with rent and it was going on and on. And so, um, we ended up, make a long story short, we ended up getting um, the mother-in-law to guarantee the rent. Then they separated, and it was just the, uh, the husband. And at that point, we could have, we had the opportunity to 
uh, have him go and get new tenant, a new tenant. We decided not to because we had it guaranteed with the father. And sure enough, he paid first and last rent, and that was that. He never paid any rent after that. And so now you're, you're, you're not getting that rent. You've got these costs that had to be paid. And um, we had to take him to the landlord tenant boards. And we got, uh, we, we got uh, he didn't show up. So they said, well, what do you want to do? And we said, well, we'd like to evict. And they came by and they evicted him. Um, although two days, he was allowed to go back and get his stuff. But he decided not to let us know, and he just broke into the home and started getting his things. We had to call the police, you know, all this nonsense. And in the end, he left all his stuff. So now we had to get um, garbage removal. All his stuff had to be removed. So the costs are just building and building. We took him to small claims court, and uh, we got a verdict, and we won. And the father was also in there. So the father, in the end is paying back uh, the cost of this lawsuit. So, you know, in the end, we're getting those funds back, but it was a big, you know, that's uh, for, I think for a lot of people, that's a scary proposition to have. A and, and, and luckily we can, we could get, we could get those funds back. So most of your challenges seem to be with property management then, uh, at least the big ones anyway. So, Let's talk a little bit about property management at a distance. Then, how do you find how do you find uh, you're you're able to manage all these places when you're so far away most of the time? So uh, I use full uh, full service property management, and and to be to uh, to be sure that those two scenarios, I thought they were well managed, except for the idea that we. You know, it was my decision to keep, uh, it was a calculated risk to keep that tenant. We thought uh, it was going to uh, work out well. It didn't. But, it, what, but we mitigated the risk by having um, the father uh, co-signed on the lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, property management, I find, just like any other, as part of your team, you have to communicate with them. So uh, I'm... I'm I'm in contact with property management. I have to keep an eye on them as well and just make sure that they're doing their job properly as well. So that's, and um, calling them with Skype and emailing from anywhere. And it, uh, that works out well. Okay, that's good. So um, have you found that you've needed to, was it challenging to find the right property managers? No, in the beginning, I was doing a lot of things with rain. I wasn't involved with rain, but I just ended up, my team was all connected with rain. So, and they had someone they suggested that as a property manager in Hamilton. So I'm still with them today. Um, the only thing is I, what I do do is I always, uh, at Christmas time, I send out a, a, a Christmas card to all the tenants, uh, saying hi from the property owner. They get a, a little gift card as well. And I also let them know to say, look, you know, um, the property management is doing the best they can, but sometimes things fall through the cracks. And if they've missed something, um, and if you need an answer, you can always send me an email just so we can, you know, solve the problem. 
for sure, I also say 99% of the issues that you have, you should be calling the property management. But if you feel that something is still not working, then let me know. And so with that, it's, what's nice with that is it's, it's kept the property management honest because now I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, without that, then I only know what the property management tells me because I'm not really in contact with the tenants in that regard. So that's, that's worked out well for me, I think. And they don't bother you overly? No. What, what you do get, though, is that you will get, a, an e- they'll CC you on an email and they're venting their issue. And so I'll see that. I don't really have to action it, but I can certainly, sometimes I'll step in and say, oh, okay, you know, because they just want, they want to be heard. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, hey, listen, that's, that's a shame that that's happening. We're going to do our best to solve that. And, uh, you know, then I'll say, hey, Steve, can you uh, look into this and please contact so-and-so and let's get this fixed. And so I think they really like that. And they like the fact that, you know, people are listening and uh, that's going to get solved. Right on. Let's switch gears here. We talked a little bit about how many properties you have and the fact that really your, your most recent one was the only one that you've taken on a joint venture partner. So how did you manage to get financing for all these places? You know, it's uh, using a mortgage broker. And um, a lot of times the... Uh, you know, some of the banks, they can only, they'll only lend you so many uh, mortgages. But uh, up until now, it's, it, you know, it's, it hasn't been too bad. The, the value of the home in Midtown Toronto has gone up. So I'll, I'll use some of that equity from that home to help with, assist with the purchases. And, um, you know, it's now getting very tight. Because uh, there's only so many banks will, will allow you to have more than 10 mortgages and I'm obviously above that. So I do have a few options. There's also credit union that I can use to get financing. But, you know, now I'm at that point where I'd like to, uh, that I am and I'd like to, I prefer to use a joint venture relationships. And that's, that's my goal is to where I, I will get that financing. But it's then a partnership with the, the joint venture partner and we'll split on the deal. And um, the one thing I do know about you, though, is um, because I've been through a couple of different uh, property purchases with you and following along, where you just stay on the phone or you keep at it until you get the answer you want, right? Like no one's going to tell you, you can't buy that property. You're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's been, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, you, 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 you just start calling people and everybody, you know, you, everybody has a different story and maybe a different way of, of getting that financing. And it's, uh, it's funny. There was one gentleman where he said, Oh, I can get you financing through this one institution. And I knew that officially they were not to, give me financing anymore because I had more than 10 mortgages and he goes, no, I can get it through and okay, let's see what happens. And then a week before closing that same institution said, Oh, wait a second here. 
yeah, he's got, he's got more than 10. But then they decided, but that's okay. We'll just let it go. And that was that. So, you know, they do have a little bit of leeway. And uh, so there's sometimes those kind of funny scenarios that go through. Or that, and, uh, but, you know, it's, as long as you keep uh, calling and asking, certainly the, the credit unions, uh, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people started to look into, especially with the recent stress tests increase in um in uh in financing because the, the credit unions don't have to follow that so you get a better interest rate or at least the qualification is easier so patrick who was someone that uh that you're looking to partner with what kind of person is that is that a f- uh, first timer looking to do the first deal is it someone what's that ideal partner look like for you so uh what I'm looking for is someone that, um, or maybe it's uh, what I, I'm willing to offer, is that I, I'm looking for a joint venture partner who will put up the, uh, the down payment. They'll come up with the financing and funds for the renovation. And then I will, so it's a 50-50 split, and then I will go and find the property, find a tenant, uh, renovate it, and, and get it all set up, and then it's, it's running. Uh, what I'd like to think is that uh, I'll have a property that uh, uh, we acquire that property so that, and I will, uh, you know, my goal is to, uh, you know, promise something, you know, at a conservative level and then over deliver. That's one. Two, I think for some people, you know, there's lots of people that either, you know, they're not quite sure if they want to go uh, into real estate or not. So what I'm willing to do too is that I will show them, we'll set up this deal and then, then they can use that as an example. And so maybe if they want to purchase a second property, then I can say, well, you know what? Maybe you want to do this on your own. If you think you can do that, I can help you with that. And they go and do their, they, they buy their second property on their own. So if there's people out there that are not quite sure, I'm happy to do the joint venture the first time and then show, and then, Hopefully, with what they've learned, because that's that's something I feel I, you know, I'd like to share what I know, and uh, and I think that a lot of people could benefit from that. And then the last thing is, um, you know, once you have a gen- joint venture partner, you have their attention, and certainly when it's when it's working out, they're going to be excited, and they they may even say, you know what, I'd like to do this again. Uh, the other thing is when you, when you have this person, you know, maybe there's something else that you can solve for them, uh, whether that's, you know, financing for their kids' education or, you know, all sorts of stuff. I'd like to think that I can help them in different areas. And if, and if it's something that they've, they haven't really discovered yet that I can help them with, I think that's really going to, um, you know, get them uh, excited and, and um, you know, hopefully they might want to do another joint venture again. That's very cool. And, and we know your goals are you're going to buy two or three properties this year, right? Are, they, are those going to be joint venture deals? Is that the plan? Yeah. So if it's, uh, what I'd like to do is have the property come in the pipeline. The hardest thing really is to find the property. And if, so if I have the property, if I have someone uh, that's willing to come in as a joint venture, then I'd like to then do that as a joint venture. If they, if I don't have anybody, then I will just simply purchase the property myself and get it financed myself. So 
I want to uh, have that flexibility so that the, the you know we can keep rolling with the next property and the next property. Uh, any other goals for 2019? Other goals? Uh, well, I just uh, I, I uh, you know I might as well put that out there. I want to swim. Uh, I, I want to do another mini try, and I need to swim 750 meters. I'm a lousy swimmer, so I'm going to the pool constantly. So that is a goal. <laughs> and it's, it's a little bit, the problem is I'm going to go on holidays and I don't know where I'm going to go swimming. Uh, I just started uh, CrossFit, really excited about that. And, you know, going to torture myself with burpees every day. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm uh, so doing a lot of things like that and uh, educating myself. Another thing that I uh, uh, that I'd like to do, and I, I'll throw this out there now, is that I'd like to join a mastermind. I think that would really benefit me. Uh, I'd like to think I can I bring something to the table, and if there's anybody out there that thinks or knows of a mastermind that I might fit into, then let me know because it's something that uh, I'd like to get into, but I you know haven't really found the right place or the right group. So okay. there's. There's uh, just throwing that out there as well. And, awesome. You know, goals. And, then, and the nice thing too is, is um, you know, we, um, you also, you know, this the real estate thing is nice, but you, you know, you, got, you also have to have your why. And the why for real estate or the, my why is, you know, to, to share with the family. We certainly, I certainly now have a core holding. So, the future in terms of with the real estate holdings looks really good, but it's, and, and so it allows me also to, to, um, have time in the future for my wife and kids and, um, and, and help them get to their goals as well. So, um, that's something that I, I always, I always try to keep in mind when I'm doing this. I also want to keep them in mind and, and help them get to where they want to be. That's fantastic. I think you've got a lot, you've shared a lot and, uh, and you've got a lot to offer. I think anyone. So if anyone does know a mastermind group that they think Patrick fit into, yeah, please give him a call and we're going to have all of your contact info in the show notes. So people will be able to get in touch with you that way. But, um, I, I guess last but not least, what are those things then that motivate you, um, and, and, and give you the drive to help, uh, help everyone, I guess, around you and your family and, uh, and want to, want to be able to lift everybody up. Oh, look, I, uh, I guess for me, I like to create and real estate. I feel like I'm creating something I'm creating, you know, I have to find a property and create it into a, a an entity that is, uh, self-sufficient pays for itself and it's an investment. Um, and I, I, real estate is also about being is being in contact with people, and uh, and networking. And so I love to be in contact with everybody. Um, I've learned I've I've gotten to know so many people over the years, and so I really enjoy that. And it, um, you know, I'd like to think that's something I can pass on to the kids. And you, and so I guess. What motivates me, I, I'll usually have goals set for the year 
and trying to attain those goals that keeps me uh keeps me going and um yeah you know it's it's if i look back that's something i i sometimes do too i look at previous goals and i think to myself hey you know what that worked out really well and that's a good feeling and so you know when you have your goals sometimes it's nice to revisit them and say hey you know what that worked out or you know what I set my goals high. I didn't quite make it, but I'm certainly on my way. Love that. Yeah, I love that. Everyone should have, uh, everyone should be setting their goals. That's for sure. Patrick, does a joint so, venture partner that partners with you, do they get to get on any of these excursions or tours of the world? Or <laughs> get them to be a jet setter with you? Or <laughs> Look, if they don't, if, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that uh, we could set Maybe? up. That's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I could throw that out there as a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm just thinking about you know, it. They get to choose where they want to go. I suppose. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I just reminded me of a funny story. So about four years ago, we were here in K-Town on holidays, and there was a deal that was uh, that was was almost tied up. And uh, I remember going to our favorite restaurant, the butcher shop, and we ordered our fillet and our pinotage and. And, and, uh, and, and the deal had been going back and forth a little bit the last couple of days. And I stole the Wi-Fi from the restaurant next door. And uh, the meal comes. I glance at the phone. And it said, yeah, they accepted your offer. And then I had, with DocuSign, it said, yeah, click. And that was done. And the meal was there and the wine was there and it was just fantastic. It's like, this is a great moment to celebrate. And uh, there I am with my wife and kids and it was, was magic. Yeah. So that was good. That was one of those moments that you have to, you know, when you got to celebrate your wins, well, that was right there. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that story. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. So, so if somebody out there is, is looking to connect with you and learn more about how they can sip wine and eat steaks in Cape Town and buy real estate at the same time. Learn a little bit more about what that looks like. How, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, what's the best way? Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is uh, through my email. And that's uh, patbca at gmail.com. Papa Alpha Tango, Bravo Charlie Alpha at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, Patrick. I love this interview. You shared a lot of stuff. And I think that uh, the people are going to have something to learn here. Hey, look, it's been, you know, it's a lot of fun. The time went really fast. And I just wanted to say, uh, I wanted to thank you guys for having me on. You guys do a great show. Uh, I think you guys are spot on. Relevant Canadian real estate information. Uh, and what, you know, you, not, you guys now have this huge library of episodes. And there's all this knowledge that's there. And so, you know, if someone is looking for anything like property management or uh, mortgage, or mortgage brokers or whatnot, that you, that you, just, you just have to go back into the library and get that information. It's all there. Lots of interesting guests. I, I think you're, I don't know for sure, but uh, from what I hear is that you guys are one of the top rated real estate, Canadian real estate podcasts in Canada, certainly for downloads. Well, thank you. Know. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, might be, uh, well, we might be number one. I don't know. Are we? I think we're number one. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we are. Yeah. 
There you go. (laughs) Come at at us, other podcasts. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Okay. No, thank you, Patrick. It's been a a pleasure. So thank you very much for coming on. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Yeah, info at mckayrealtynetwork.com or 289-389-6846. And you? Rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Okay, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.